a child in many cases, to Christ. As my usual statement of purpose for a baptism says, this is a recognition of God as the giver of life and a testimony that children belong with us who believe to the church and that Christ claims them as his own, calling them to himself. In baptism, that life belongs not to the empire or any emperor or to any false idols the world may fashion or follow, but to our loving Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to this edition of The Redheaded Preacher, the podcast that comes from St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. Uh, St. Peter's is an open and affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ. The Redheaded Preacher is yours truly. My name is Richard Lanford, and yes, I am redheaded and I am a preacher and a pastor, the pastor of St. Peter's. And thank you for tuning in. This week, we for the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, um, we have readings from Exodus. I think we skipped Exodus. From 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 1 through 10, and Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. The lector is our music director, Ben Westfall, and the name of the uh, homily, because we have a baptism, not in the podcast, but in the YouTube version of the uh, service. Uh, I kept it shorter, so I call it a homily, and the name is God's Human Coins. I hope you'll be blessed by what you hear, and so let's go. The first reading is the Epistle Lesson, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. There are some run-on sentences here, so please hang with it, because Paul speaks of some amazing things. From 1 Thessalonians, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church, the Thessalonians, and God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For that he has chosen you know, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For we know, brothers and sisters beloved by God, that he has chosen you because of our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak of it. For the people of those regions report to us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. This ends the reading from Thessalonians. Our second and last reading is the Gospel lesson, Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Jesus is asked about paying taxes. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know you are that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show difference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is on this? And whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore the emperor, to the emperor, the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This ends the reading of the gospel lesson and the scripture readings for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this God's holy word. I am not a big coin guy. But I have a couple of coin stories. One comes from my early childhood, before I knew just who was on the face of every coin. I guess I recognized Abraham Lincoln on the penny, Jefferson on the nickel, uh, George Washington on the quarter, and if after a few years, I was born in 59, if after several years you were lucky enough to get one as a gift, John Kennedy was on a 50 cent piece, the Kennedy half dollar. But whose face was on the dime? It was not self-evident. So for some reason, I thought it must be God. If my mom knew that, she would have been horrified. Then there was the time in Las Vegas when my dad gave me some coins to play the slot machines. But let's skip that one. A coin seems to be at the center of today's gospel passage. 
If you know this story or listen well, you know that coins themselves are not the point. But symbolically, allegorically, they can be for you and me. Now you might be thinking the baptism of Alexander Iannotti as part of today's virtual worship service. Could not the message relate to baptism instead of coins, instead of the simple and profound teaching, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's? Oh, but the message does relate to baptism very much. You heard Ben read the readings. Jesus is confronted by two groups of fellow Jews who want to entrap him in what he said. They ask Jesus if it was lawful to pay taxes to the emperor, to Caesar, or not. Lawful here means does Torah approve of it? Jewish law. The entrapment angle is this. If Jesus says no and comes out against paying the tax, the Herodians will be able to accuse him to Pilate of anti-Roman activity. You can tell by the name Herodians that they supported King Herod, a puppet king supported by the empire. He might also gain some approval from older Pharisees who were against paying taxes as well. If Jesus supports the tax, he will gain the favor of the Herodians, but he will be bound to lose at least some of his support in the general population for whom the tribute was not only an economic burden, but also a hated symbol of lost freedom. It could make him sound sympathetic to Rome, the Gentile occupier of the land God claimed in Leviticus as being God's land. Jesus replies, show me the coin used to pay the tax. He didn't carry one, but those fellows were able to bring him one soon enough. Frederick Bruner tells us the coin was a silver denarius, especially minted for the payment, with an image of the laureled head of Tiberius Caesar on one side and an image of his mother, Livia, on the other. These words were printed around the circumference. Tiberius Caesar, worshipful son of the divine Augustus. Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Jesus replied with a phrase that has echoed over time ever since. Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God, the things that are God's. The verb has Jesus say, give back to Caesar, not just give. The Greek word apodote means give back, an implicit acknowledgement that there had been a prior giving to. Jesus' reply has the force of the self-understood in it, well then, give it back and give to God that which belongs to God. Give to God the things that are God's. In baptizing a person, there is the dedication of a life, a soul, a child in many cases, to Christ. 
As my usual statement of purpose for a baptism says, this is a recognition of God as the giver of life and a testimony that children belong with us who believe to the church and that Christ claims them as his own, calling them to himself. In baptism, that life belongs not to the empire or any emperor or to any false idols the world may fashion or follow, but to our loving Lord Jesus Christ. In the Cotton Patch Gospel version of this story, it was not a coin, but a dollar bill, which was asked for and shown as payment for the tax. The phrase used there for questioning whose head and whose title is whose engraving is on it. I like that. You could suggest that a baptism is a sacrament of engraving. The sovereign for that person is God in Christ. How about you and me? Ever think of yourself as one of God's human coins, where God's image, and not our own, is embossed in your life? That Christ Jesus is who we belong to by grace through faith. Give to God the things that belong to God, the things, the people, upon whom and within whom God has set God's holy mark. God has signed God's name on us. Like coins, we human coins from God and for God are established for use in the world by God. We are sent out from God for holy service to God and humankind. Ultimately, like those coins of the tax, we come back to God to the source of love, peace, righteousness, and mercy where we belong. I have found this inspirational to me in some music lyrics who don't quote this, but have to me the same sense. In her song, Life Light Up, Christy Knuckles sings, I may live or I may die, Either way, I'm glorified. Bless the day I gave my life away. About a month or so ago, I sang an intro to our supplemental songbooks, He's My Source, which went, Some people are driven by the wind. Some are driven by the madness. But I'm driven by the man who had nails driven in his hands. In another song by the same artist, the singer goes, Nobody can take my life away from me because I gave my life to you. These words remind me that I'm not my own, but God has my life, and I am the steward of it. God's imprimatur or imprimatur, depending on how you pronounce it, God's engraving, God's image by grace is on me and you, and we try to live like, try to live that out. I think we all do, even if we have not thought of it this way before. Perhaps especially in these very troubled times, it can be very important and encouraging 
to invoke our deep identity with the crucified and risen one, as Caesar likes to claim whatever it can for its own, for manipulation, for chaos, for environmental damage, and for self-serving ends, which hurt a lot of people. Now more than ever, it seems that Christians must draw on the belief that Jesus Christ is our Lord and no other. And this calls for a manner of living that is so justice-oriented, so audacious and bodacious, so extravagantly welcoming, so forgiving, so strong but tender, so loving, hopeful, and willing to help others that our reputation spreads beyond Niles Township. Remember 1 Thessalonians. Paul wrote, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution you received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia, but in every place. Your faith in God has become known. An example. In every place, your faith in God has become known. You are experienced by others as God's human coins, embossed by the Prince of Peace and used by the Lord of life out of death to those in service, to those on the margins, those pushed out in Matthew 25. You stand for love, not fear. For racial reconciliation, not white supremacy. For feeding the hungry and finding the reasons for poverty and hunger so that it can come closer to being an end, not hoarding our pantries. For treating all persons fairly, regardless of where they come from or their gender orientation. And for sharing the faith. Despite the virus, let us see what we can do. What you can do, what I can do, what our church mostly scattered, can still do. Embracing the engraving God has on our lives. May we, God's human coins, be used by the mystery of God that will reflect far and well on the one from whom we have come, whom we serve, and to whom we shall return. Amen.